it means so much when the other person's just like, no, this is going to work. And it's like, oh, okay, this is going to work. Like someone else believes this is going to work. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. exhibitors for their color enhancing shampoos moisturizing conditioners their excellent stain removers all this without using harsh chemicals karen so this week we are highlighting all the products from exhibitors labs yeah the quick shampoo and conditioner is a brand new breakthrough technology from exhibitors it's a shine intensifying solution for equine hair Quicksilver Shampoo is the legendary formula that continues to intensify and whiten with unrivaled performance. And the Quick Black Shampoo, Karen, tell us about that. It naturally enhances dark tones within the mane, tail, and coat while providing deep cleaning to leave your horse soft, smooth, and shiny. Everybody wants a shiny and smooth horse, Karen. Oh, yeah. And for everyone's chestnut horse, Karen, the Quick Color Shampoo. Right, the Quick Color Optically alters the way light interacts with each hair shaft, creating stunning coats on chestnuts, sorrels, bays, and browns. A quick sheen adds a fantastic glow to your horse's coat, mane, and tail, and helps repel dust and dirt during show performances. Quick Braid is your go-to finishing product for all types of styling or training for your horse's mane and tail. By providing total mane and tail control that offers the perfect grip for your fingers, neither slippery or sticky. Fantastic. So go to ExhibitorsLabs.com for more information about all these products. And you can find us at your local tech shop, right, Karen? Right. Father's Day's around the corner, Karen. And dads deserve the blue box, too, from Fairfax and Favor, don't they? They sure do. So here's the deal. This was this is the move I would do if I was any of the ladies out there. <laughs> so ladies, Fairfax and Favor has a really cool men's driving shoe. So every dad would like it. They're a really cool driving shoe. They're they're like a fancy casual shoe. They'll love it. Good enough for the boat, restaurant, pair of nice shorts, you know, a collared shirt. They're perfect for summer. Here's the kicker, Karen. Okay. What is it? They make a ladies version too. So you can get yourself a matchy matchy pair. Say, voila, honey, we match. Happy Father's Day. So um, Fairfax in favor, not just for the ladies. They're having a Father's Day special right now. So get right on that. And they can get gift cards and things like that. So check them out at fairfaxinfavor.com. So the good folks over at Turtleneck sent Freddie. A fly sheet, Karen. They call their fly sheet the fly turtle. Yes. And it fit Freddie fantastic. We went on the website. We read the the fitting instructions. We measured them up as per the instructions. And bam, it came and it fit him perfect. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Go to turtleneck.biz for sizing and temperature guidelines. And to order your fly turtle by Turtleneck. Triple crown feed. Oh, yeah. Triple crown. Big fans of triple crown feed. They have tons of of great products out there, Mm -hmm. premium stuff. Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local 
Triple Crown Feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. Triplecrownfeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. It Triple is. Triplecrownfeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have yes. a great feed com- comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot. We care. Oh, yeah. Support the people to support the show. Trish Scott has got us covered, and she can cover you, too. So you've been hearing over the past few weeks how, after interviewing Trish on the show, we realized how we were underinsured. Well, we fixed that. Um, Through email, we were able to send Trish our current insurance documentation and have a discussion about our assets that we need to have covered. She asked some really smart questions. We gave her the best answers we could, and she figured it all out put everything together and and adjusted our policies and set us all back up with a brand new policy and is saving us money. She could do the same thing for you. So give Trish a call at 484-319-8923. It's super easy. You could do it all by phone and through email. And Trish is fantastic. She's a horsewoman. She knows the needs of the horse person as well as just the average everyday home auto life health insurance type of thing. So give her a call, 484-319-8923. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. Karen, super excited for today's Major League of Any Podcast. Yes. As usual, we, we're always excited to meet new people and everything like that. So we met these ladies not too long ago. Mm-hmm. They've been taking the world by storm. Sometimes there's that product that's new, but you're like, wow, it seems like it's been around forever because you just see it everywhere you go. And these are the founders of Ride IQ. And we thought it'd be really, really cool to have them on to hear about the, the genesis of this very innovative learning. There's lots of like video training and things like mm-hmm. this in here. This is one that's in your ears, so you can ride. It's it's like a like a like a podcast behind a paywall. And we just wanted to get these ladies on. So welcome to the show, sisters, sister entrepreneurs, Karen, <laughs> Jessa, and Mackenzie Lux. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. Hi, thank Rob. you for having Hi, us. Thank you for having us. We're super excited that you joined us. Yes. Um, you know, without boring the audience too much, you know, a couple months back we 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 met and um, you know we had an introduction and we mm-hmm. and we kind of all talked and we said, hey, listen, let's all let's all help each other out here a little bit. And they're helping us get on some great guests who happen to be coaches on their yes. on their platform. And then um, they throw a little ad in on a major league eventing on one of their podcasts mm-hmm. that they do. That's fantastic. We'll talk about that. And so we have this nice little relationship. We met him in Kentucky. We had a great time at their tailgate hanging yes. out. Yes, we did. And um, if you ever want a good tailgate, go hang out at their tailgate. Cause <laughs> they know how to throw down. And uh, so just, we just wanted to kind of give that little background that we, we, we have like a little friendly media sharing partnership yes. in the background, but no, mm-hmm. no, uh, we're not like financially linked in any way. Right. And um, so just wanted to say thank you, ladies, so much. We're really enjoying our, our little partnership that we have here. And and uh, so thanks a lot for that. Absolutely. Yeah, we are excited to be um, joining you guys and we appreciate you having us on. Yeah, super, super. So uh, before we get started, go any deeper, I should yeah. say. We always like to find out where everyone's coming to us from. You guys are on a Zoom call with us, but you're in two different places. So uh, Jessa, where are you coming to us from? I'm in Denver, Colorado. Denver, oh, Colorado. Wow. Oh, I have a nephew. That yeah, lives in I was going to say that. Oh, yeah. Awesome. yeah. And, and Mackenzie, how about you? I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, oh we I, have a niece in Brooklyn. <laughs> we have a niece in Brooklyn. She's in Williamsburg. Yes. That's where I am. Look at oh, that. no way. Your neighbors. 
She loves it out there. I try to get her to come home, but she just yeah, refuses. We all so. want her to come home. So you guys are <laughs> not exactly in the same office space, I'm assuming. Is that daily? Is that the normal uh, situation, Jessa? Are you guys always in two, two different cities? The, the norm is for us to be in Denver and New York and working remotely. Um, Slack has been a saving grace for anybody who uses the platform Slack to stay in touch. You probably know what I'm talking about, but... We are in touch from sunup to sundown. Um, the time difference hasn't actually been much of an issue. I'm I'm a really early riser. Kinsey stays up pretty late, so that works well. Um, but we do see each other quite a bit. We're partnered with Kyle and Jen Carter on Ride IQ, so we generally end up in Ocala, Florida together to do some recording and just some team meetings in person there. Gotcha. Very cool. Hmm, that is cool. Very awesome. Uh, so before we get into Ride IQ, um, we'll ask both of you, but we'll start with McKinsey. Can you tell us how you got your start in riding? Absolutely. Yeah. So I actually kind of followed in Jessa's footsteps. I am three years younger and Jessa got into riding because all of her friends in like kindergarten, honestly, I should, I should have started by saying we're from Minnesota. So we grew up in Minnesota um, and there's a lot of horse farms there. Um, and Jessa had a lot of friends really from like the earliest of age that had horse farms at their houses. And so she caught the bug at like, I mean, five years old. And then I started riding when I was also five. Um, and we got into a local pony club in Minnesota and that kind of, the rest is history. We were at the barn every day after school. Um, we were always like convincing our parents to trailer us to horse shows in Wisconsin. Um, and they had no idea what was going on, but for some reason they let it happen and they were supportive. Um, which thank God they were because (laughs) putting myself in their shoes today, I'm just like, I don't know why, (laughs) why you let that happen. Um, but it was so much fun. And I honest, I wouldn't have, it was a very untraditional way of growing up, just like very much at the barn and all like spending our summers as working students. Um, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was the best experience. Wow. Jessa, so you were the lead in this whole horse thing. How did you like how, how did you get the the first start? Pony Club really was our entrance into the horse world and that's how we ended up being event riders too. That was just kind of a natural progression. Um but we came not only not from an equestrian family but I remember the early days where it was like, I didn't know which part of the horse's head went in which part of the halter and like picking the hooves was a big, how do you do this type thing? So it was a very, very steep learning curve. Um, Thank goodness for Pony Club because they really walk you through every step of it. And it's kind of fun too, because we're now partnered with Pony Club through Ride IQ, which feels very full circle. Like we know how influential that was for us. Um, and now we get to be kind of reconnected with that community. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, we didn't pony club. Like, you didn't pony club. I didn't. Did no, H, I did but, 4-H, yeah. But we were both, you were a co-DC mm-hmm. and you're in our kids club. Yep. And then I was on some international, uh, I was on the International Exchange Committee and the Tetrathlon Committee for Pony Club. So we're definitely, we're active pony club parents. So, and, and you know what? It is nice. We, we go back and we do some sponsorship with pony club, yes. uh, you know, when we can. And it's always nice. It's, it's definitely the type of organization that, once you're a part of, you want to go back and, and continue to, to help and have a relationship with. Did you both always work? Like you mentioned, uh, McKinsey, you mentioned that you were working students. Would you guys work and ride together everywhere? Like, where, how, how did that work? 
Yeah, we always rode together in Minnesota. Like we were, I mean, we spent every minute together. And Jessa has a twin brother who was not into horses. So he he was very much doing his own thing while Jess and I spent every waking minute um, with the horses. And we, when we did working student positions, positions um, Jessa did one first with Eric Dirks down in Virginia. And then I think either the following summer or two years later, I went down to Virginia um, with one of Jessa's friends, but Jessa wasn't there at the time. And so we did like similar paths, but like at different times. <laughs> gotcha. And Jessa, how, like, how, how, like, did you, uh, how high did you get in eventing or now are you still eventing now? I'm not still eventing today. I would love to get back into it um, after college. Just a career in community building, not in horses, took over. So Red IQ has been such just like very, very heartwarming to be back in the equestrian community. Um, and how high did I get in, in eventing? Is Was that the question? Yeah, like like what level of eventing were you competing at? Yeah. Um, my, I went to young riders, so I was competing at the then one star level now two star level. And I was in area four. So John Holling was my coach at young riders. And now as a coach on Red IQ, there are very many, just probably because it's a small community, but there are a lot of full circle type things. Um, so young riders was actually, it was in Parker, Colorado, which at that time I didn't really have a connection to Colorado. And that was my last competition. And then I went off to college and just that was kind of it. And it honestly was very tough to move on from like an entire life that was dedicated to horses. Um, and I was, you know, I was young and competitive and then going on to college without horses was a very, very big adjustment. Um, so another reason why it's just nice to be around horses now and be around riders now. Gotcha. And Jesse, so Jesse, you still have another like full-time job type of on top of ride IQ or is this ride a full-time for you now? Full-time on Ride IQ now. Um, Kinsey and I have both been full-time for, I've been full-time for about a year now and Kinsey a bit longer than me, thankfully, because when we were trying to do two things at once, that spreads you very, very thin, very fast. <laughs> but um, yeah, so prior to that though, I had um, various careers in Minneapolis and in Denver. Gotcha. Hmm. Now, Mackenzie, cool. what about you? Like, um, like how, how far up the eventing levels did you go and do you still event today? Yeah. So, um, similar to Jessa, I went to, I went up through prelim and young riders was definitely the big target for me. Um, it didn't work out, but <laughs> it was still like, that was kind of my major, major goal prior to college. Um, and yeah, same with her. I, I moved to New York city for college and kind of had to quickly, transition from living on a farm in Florida to, uh, life in the big city. And I haven't left since. So after college, I went on to a career in finance and was doing that until I was on a real estate debt trading desk until January of 2021. When, when I left to pursue ride IQ. Wow. Real estate trading desk. Yeah. That sounds I know. fancy. <laughs> very fancy. <laughs> Brains. Very, very different than what we're doing today, but a lot of the same skills apply. It's it all it all is applicable. So whose idea was Ride IQ? And or was it um I'll just whoever's idea was, raise your hand. Who had the idea first? Oh, 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 oh. a little bit of McKinsey, a little, little I would say Jessa, but she's not raising her hand. <laughs> I can, I can tell you how I remember it. Kinsey, you can tell me if this is how it went. Let's so we decided that we were 
going to explore innovating within the equestrian space um, because we wanted to do something entrepreneurial and that's where our passion lies. So Kinsey and I started cold calling people. We probably had a hundred conversations and it was, I mean, that's a lot when you think about each of those conversations being 30 minutes plus and just kind of exploring what these equestrians experiences are and where there might be opportunities to improve those experiences that we could innovate around. Um, initially we were thinking that, that the space that we might be in would be like horse sales, because that's always been a little bit of, a you know, messy area of equestrian sports. There's, so we, we had that in the back of our minds, but through these conversations, um, that wasn't a road that we felt like we could do a really good job going down. And my memory is that we kind of were at this point of, are we going to be able to, to pursue something together or are we going to continue with the jobs that we have? And as kind of a last ditch effort, I sent Kinsey a text of probably eight ideas that I had that had kind of come up, but we'd never talked about. And one of them said, I think it said like headspace for equestrians. So basically something that's guiding you while you're doing the activity. And she immediately texts back and said, wait, what about that one? And I don't think I would have had the confidence to like fully put our eggs in that basket if she hadn't like selected that one. Is that how you remember it, Kinsey? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would, yeah, I would hundred percent say that's what happened. Um, so it was your idea and it was just a combined effort of, of identifying it. Wow. See, I, I'm very interested in the, uh, I'm always interested in the entrepreneurial mind and spirit. So, you know, everyone that's listening, obviously they're horse fans and things like that. And we have lots of people that are, you know, amateurs and they have businesses or whatever, but a lot of us have visions of things like that. So could you, um, uh, Jessa, we'll start with you or no, we'll start with McKinsey on this one. McKinsey, like basically how or whoever wants to go, but I'll start with McKinsey. How, how do you take an idea and then create this? Like, how do, how do you become an entrepreneur? Like, how does this, can you take us through these steps? Cause I'm very curious and it, and it takes a lot of courage to do that. And for anyone that's never done it, <clears throat> I think a lot of people that have ideas, there's, there's the fear of the unknown and you know, the, the learning curve of obviously to starting something, especially something like this, where you're creating something basically completely new. And not only do you have to create the new product, but then you have to convince all these people who your product doesn't exist yet to join in with you. So like the carters and then to get riders and things like that. So, and I think a lot of people, I know for us starting major league eventing, it's hard because this is like, it's like having a child. This is an idea. This came out of your brain. And if it doesn't work or if it gets shot down, it, it hurts. It's hurtful. It, it, you know, when people don't understand when we first started major league eventing, um, early on trying to explain people what I wanted to do and we're still growing. We still have more vision to achieve. But, you know, it's it's uh, it's hard when you try to explain to someone what you, you know, this, this vision, and then they shoot it down, you know, and it hurts. And a lot of times we want to protect ourselves. So could you take us through this process a little bit and and ha- how you guys got to where you're going and, 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 and the startup? And maybe you might be able to help give someone some encouragement or, or answer a question that they have uh, that's listening at home. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to. And I think I can still... Feel, I remember like so vividly the feeling of the first day after I left my job. Um, 
at Blackstone, I, the first day I was full-time on Ride IQ, I sat down and I was like at my desk and I was just like, what do I do now? <laughs> like, it's like, it's the weirdest feeling when you're just like, where do you start? Um, and I think one thing that worked really well, at least from my perspective, and I'd be curious to hear what worked really well for Jessa, but I really early on leaned into the skills that I was really comfortable with. So the first couple of things that I did was like, I made an Excel workbook and started like putting out the numbers, like projecting out how we're going to make the revenue model work. And like, that was a place where I felt a lot of comfort because that was something I did every day in my old job. And then another thing, which I think Jessa and the Carters would laugh hearing me say this, but like one of the other things that I did was I would make a lot of really fancy slide decks for our team meetings because I was like, okay, I need to like, instead of putting a business plan together in Word, in like Microsoft Word, because I never worked in Microsoft Word in my old job like that just like just that wasn't what we did we did a lot of powerpoint and slide decks um so i put our business plan together in a slide deck and like each of our team meetings every week we would just go through one of my slide decks and i would make a new one each week and it would be with like all the relevant relevant information so like market research like potential like threats to what we're doing, um, some things that I think we need to lean into, like our first coaches that we should be targeting, kind of just like a vision board, but in a slide deck because I felt really comfortable in PowerPoint um, and like putting my thoughts out in that format. Um, so that's kind of, that's where I started. And I feel like that that made it a lot more comfortable for me. I feel like I wasn't doing something completely new. I was just it was, I was applying what I already was really comfortable with to a new topic. Um, and then it's one other thing that like I continue to do today is just whenever you're doing your own thing, it, it is always reassuring or it makes me feel really good when I can mark things off the to-do list. So like there's little things that you could do early on, especially um, that as you start like being marking them off the to-do list, you feel like you're being productive and like actually creating something. So there was little things like starting to interview lawyers and like, just like researching incorporation and like things like that, where I was like, I wasn't really moving the needle on creating a business, but I was feeling like I was doing something productive. And that made me feel like our, my, my time was being used in a really, in a, in a useful way um, towards creating something without feeling like a ton of pressure to, I don't know, to do something that I wasn't totally familiar with yet. Um, and then it kind of just grows from there. Like the more conversations you have, the more people offer to help. And like, that was the most incredible thing from day one is just how much all these people that we hadn't talked to in this network for a decade were just like willing to help and give us their time and just be so um, gracious. And like, these are people, like, it's just been, that's been the best part about this whole process is growing the business with my sister, but also with the whole equestrian community being so incredibly supportive. And that's, I mean, that's just the dream when you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Jessa, what about you? What do you have to add? It's so interesting here in Kinsey. Like she and I, we work well together because we're so different. Like you can tell how organized and on top of it, she's like our chief operating officer from day one. Um, for me, I think about when we embarked on this, like we don't have um, really strong technical skills. There were so many unknowns and we're pursuing, you know, a mobile app that requires also like audio engineering expertise. So especially in those early days, I think the really important thing for us and in general is to find a way to take the next step you can. So obviously one of the biggest question marks that we had 
was how are we going to get this app built? Especially, you know, how are we going to interview developers or engineers who have the chops to do it and they're not going to like take us for a ride because that's something that would sink the business right off the bat. Um, So I think speaking, reaching out and speaking to people who do have the expertise and even if they don't get you to, you know, in our case, the developer who's perfect for the job, they'll help you make the incremental next step to get to that point. And I remember, I mean, once we finally found the developer that was right for us, it was very, you know, we, we, the connector to that person we met in clubhouse for anyone who's familiar with the social app clubhouse. We literally were in like a clubhouse room called, I don't have a technical co-founder or something like that. (laughs) So it's, it is really, you know, it's, you never know who's going to put you on the right path, but you have to put yourself out there. And, um, I think having a co-founder really helps you put yourself in those uncomfortable positions. If I, and I, in college, I started a business on my own and it didn't go anywhere. And I think not, it didn't go anywhere, but like I ended up walking away from it. And I think it's because, um, it is so hard as a solo, solo entrepreneur to put yourselves in those really uncomfortable, um, positions that you have to do, whether it's a cold calling or, I mean, one that comes to mind for me is we, the day we met Leslie Law was the day that we were going to record with him for the first time. And we hadn't met with our sound engineers yet. We were still in testing phase and we were literally vet wrapping a huge microphone to Leslie Law, who I could only, in my mind, it's like, I am in the presence of an Olympic gold medalist and I can't believe we're asking him to do this. And of course, I mean, when Kinsey says gracious, he was like the most gracious person. And so just like, you know, game to help us give this a try, but that's not something I would have done on my own. (laughs) So, um, yeah, taking the next best step was a helpful thing. And in my case, and I think in a lot of cases, having someone with you to get through the tough times and get through the uncomfortable situations, um, has been really helpful for us too. Wow. Yeah. The whole developer thing that I I know some people that have had to be honest, I don't know anyone who had a good experience with a developer, except for maybe you guys. Um, <laughs> you know, even people that we love the, our developers. Even yeah, the, we even, really even, out. even with the apps that came out and actually came to market, it seemed like it was like, oh my gosh, like three quarters of the way through, you're like, oh no, did we make the right choice? Is this person the right person? Like, are they? You know, because they're technical, they're not the visionary, and you know, we have to be able to. And sometimes these developers, you know, and I'm not saying I've dealt with them, but, you know, from what I'm hearing, these horror stories, sometimes in years you love, it's like, hey, here, this this is what we want our app to do. And then developer says, yeah, but like, why? It's like, yeah, we're trying to create something new here. We're not, we, 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 you know, we could have bought a pre-canned app if we wanted what everyone else does. We're trying to create new. That's why we hired you. Like, and you, your job is to figure this out. So, and I know a guy who created a, a really cool app. I mean, basically he got almost finished and the developer just poofed on him, you know, and, and, uh, it's terrible. But, um, so thank gosh, you guys land in the right place. I, I doubt many listeners know what, um, um, the clubhouse is because it just, I know it's, it's, it, it's a clubhouse is basically Apple only. I don't even know if they ever opened up the Android, but it's kind of like chat room kind of thing. And there would be like a, a podium and someone starts a conversation and people can join in. And that's really cool. So, uh, that, that I know it was humongous. I mean, when clubhouse opened up, it was like, 
boom, it was humongous. And then it seems like it's kind of the, the noise has died down. I'm sure there's still people using it, but, um, so how did the, the Carters get involved? I know early on, all I saw was Kyle Carter out front talking about it everywhere, everywhere he could. I think he even came on our show and we talked yeah, to him he and he mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so how did, how did the Carters get involved? Uh, Jessa. The Carters got involved um, basically the day that Kinsey sent me that text. It was like, what about Headspace for Horses? We called Kyle and we had been in touch over the past 10 plus years that we, I mean, that we weren't riding with him. I guess I should go back and say that he was our coach in Florida when we were in high school. Kinsey actually lived in Florida um, right across the road from their, their farm and was doing kind of like homeschool type stuff um, online high school, I guess. <laughs> um, so they were very integral to our riding and just our lives growing up. So when we had this idea, we called Kyle right away and we had some trepidation in pitching him the idea because now people, now that ride IQ has been a- around for a bit, people are a bit more open-minded to the concept, but when it's the first someone's hearing of it, it there's so many things that somebody could have that, you know, reasons why it wouldn't work. So we were cautious going into the conversation. Our goal in the conversation was basically to tell him what the idea was and give him an opportunity to think on it and provide his feedback so that during that second conversation, maybe we could ask if he would be involved. And we wanted him involved because we respect him and we respect Jen, like, as much as you possibly could respect a person and a horse person. Um, And we knew that having them on this journey with us together would only bring good things. So that was our long-term vision. We had the call with Kyle. We kind of quietly said, maybe we could eventually work together on this, but definitely think it over. And Kyle, for anyone who's listened to his interviews or met him very much in his, like in his way was like, no, we're doing this together. This is awesome. And we're on board. I'm going to talk to Jen about it right now. So he and he and Jen are so entrepreneurial themselves. Um, and I actually was speaking with my dad last week and he was like, tell me about how it's going with the Carters. Were the, were they the right partners? And I was like, I mean, 11 out of 10, they were the right partners. They're exceptional in every way. They're trying so hard for this business and putting themselves out there. And they're just, they have such great character and that's who you want to be in business with. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it is really cool. What was that? And it was that strategic, uh, to have Kyle be the out front person or especially early on. I think Kyle is, is, um, just so well like liked within the community that that just happened kind of organically. We didn't go and say like, Hey Kyle, you should go, you should go and tell everyone about ride IQ. I think he's just, um, such, such a, like, I don't know, welcoming personality that, um, and he would, he would die if, if he heard me call him, call him welcoming. But, um, I think that he is very welcoming. And so I think people just started to hear about it because he's, uh, just so talkative and, just has such a big personality so that it was, it was less strategic and it just ended up working out that way. Um, and now it just so happens that his entire wardrobe is rod IQ. So everyone's always like, what is this? <laughs> Your head to toe rod IQ. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Well, he did a great job of really getting the word out there. Yeah, and, and it was like, all of a sudden it was like, okay, Kyle. Okay. We get it. 
Rod IQ. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't going to get away from hearing about Rod IQ from him. No, no just kidding. No. But, but you get the point. No, like He was definitely... He's very uh, proud of you it. Know, but, th- but that's what you have to do. You know, you, you, you want to get hit the ground running. And when, as, when you guys launched, it was launched very, very efficiently and, and uh, very, very well received, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, so can, um, can McKinsey, can you tell us exactly how Rod IQ works? Absolutely. Um, so Ride IQ at its foundation is listen while you ride audio lessons. The lessons are meant to guide you every step of your independent schooling rides. Um, and all lessons are taught by world-class equestrian coaches across a number of English disciplines, including eventing, um, hunter jumpers, and dressage. And the way that it actually works in practice is you open up the Ride IQ app, and the first thing you're going to see is a library of hundreds of audio lessons across flat work and jumping. And within flat work and within jumping, we have warm up lessons and we also have skills lessons. So, what you want to do is kind of search through those. You can search for keywords like lazy. Or, or young, if you're riding a young horse, um, and you can find a lesson that kind of piques your interest. And then each lesson comes with a detailed description of what's included in the ride. So you're not going to get on and be like, oh man, this lesson includes shoulder in and I don't know shoulder in. Like you would know that before getting on because the lesson description would tell you everything that you can expect. Um, And then once you're ready to ride, you get on and you either have your AirPods in or any sort of headphones, or you can just play it out of your phone speaker in your pocket um, and and then you press play and then a coach is guiding you every step of your ride, including like, okay, we're going to track the left and we're going to work on in the walk to get us started today. We're going to work on some spiraling circles. So let's like, let's use these aids in order to do this. And, um, and this is why we're doing this. So you get really that full picture of not only what you're doing, but why you're doing it and how you're doing it. Um, and it's really interesting to get that kind of detailed insight into the way these coaches think, um, because you're really riding these lessons along with them. Um, Kyle likes to say that, the coaches are riding your horse through you. So um, that's, it's, it confused me the first time you said it, but I was like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> You're like replicating what these world-class coaches would do with their own horses. Um, and yeah, so they're, so it's really meant to kind of from the beginning of your ride all the way to the end of your ride, support you, make it more productive, um, give you a little bit extra focus and some exercises to work on. Yeah. Very, very cool. Jess, uh, tell us a little bit. I know there's some other things that are um, not just your hunter-jumper riders. So I know there's a couple very – you know, you also get niche down and get some specialty stuff in. So yeah, Jess, it's not tell just us, for riding. Not just riding exercises. you tell us a couple other things, Jessa, that you uh, – I would love to. Thanks for asking. So we have some things that we've added – largely by member requests. So things like we now have a sports psychology coach on the app. We have natural horsemanship coach, Kathy Barr, who does lessons for groundwork. So um, if you want to work with your horse on the ground, which is still an underrated thing to be doing, but definitely, you know, more and more people are getting kind of woke to that. So it's very cool to have her as a resource. And then Peter Gray, who for anyone who's listening to this show likely knows who Peter Gray is, but renowned um, dressage judge in the eventing world, especially he's on the app and he goes through 
every eventing dressage test movement by movement and describes how to ride it and what the judge is looking for to help you kind of understand that judge's perspective. So when you go in the ring, you're setting yourself up for a little more success, which I know back in the day when Kinsey and I were doing dressage tests there, that insight would have been really helpful. So that's something that people are enjoying. We have rider fitness videos on there and those are great. Um, we work with Jamie from Hay Bales and Barbells. So she's on the app and does the videos. She's an equestrian, but also a certified personal trainer. So um, there's all sorts of stuff to get into. And then we also have, like you mentioned, Karen, things that you can do if you're not on your horse. So a lot of podcast episodes, conversations, every single week we host office hours about a different topic. Um, it's the, my favorite part of the week. I mean, we've done 41 episodes now and we've spoken with like a U.S. team veterinarian. We've spoken with a course designer. We've spoken with a top farrier, um, all sorts of people who you don't always get the opportunity to learn from. And our members are invited to those events to ask their own questions um, so they can be there live. And then the recordings are on the app. And probably my favorite is the hack chats. So you can go on a hack with any of the Ride IQ coaches and they just chat about something that's important to them. So there's a lot to get into. Very cool. Yeah, yeah that is. That's neat. Yeah, well, we had um, Ashley Johnson, Johnson. recently. Mm -hmm. And Ashley Adams. And Ashley Adams. Ashley Johnson, she's a sports psychology and a five-star rider. And then we had Ashley Adams on. Who was a hoot, let me tell you. So <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> we had a good time. I, I think she's like my my I, I think she and I would get along really good sit down and watch some Seinfeld together yeah you know, <laughs> yes um, uh, that's one thing I love about them in the show is we we just meet so many great people and make friends every every week I feel like we make a new friend uh on this show so we've had a lot of your coaches the, you know the laws we've had on the show Kyle's been on the show mm -hmm. a lot of your coaches have been on the show too so i think that's what's kind of cool too is I, I know you have your own podcast too and 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 that, that that's that's hosted by Sinead and i've been listening to that and that's fantastic and um so super job there and her show is different than ours like that's what's great about podcasting there's so much room for for different versions you know different ways of talking to people you mm -hmm. know so she's a, she's a five-star writer talking to other five-star writers and they're usually talking about a topic somehow their conversation usually gets kind of focused in into some sort of relevant um you know something going on in the sport or something that they feel and uh, she just had joe meyer on not too long ago which was really really cool and uh we just had joe out to dinner so <laughs> yeah. let me tell you Joe's a fun guy to have dinner with. I don't know if you ever had dinner with Joe Meyer, but he's a good guy. But uh, <laughs> we picked him up after what he they left at two in the morning in Ocala. We picked him up at uh, six thirty at PM. night. Yeah, took him out, put a couple drinks in him, <laughs> fed his belly, <laughs> and um, had a good time. But uh, yeah, so you know that that's what's really cool is like Sinead does a great job with her with her podcast and, and, you know, we, we come at things like from the fans perspective, you know, we're not five-star riders. So we have different conversations with people. And I think that we ask questions that are a little bit more something that a fan would walking up would, would, would want to know about their favorite rider. So, um, very, very cool. I really like that a lot. Mm -hmm. The, uh, yeah, Ashley Johnson hurt the, 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 the sports psychology stuff was great. And then, um, yeah, we had a lot of, we had the, the, really a lot of, 
thankfully to you guys, we would not have met either of those two ladies without without you guys yeah. helping yeah. guess get those lined up. So look for more of these Right IQ coaches to be coming on the show. And we always mention when they're Right IQ coaches, so that way people know, hey, okay, this person was interested. Maybe I'll go check this out. If maybe they're already part of the app. And they just haven't tuned in yet. Maybe they'll seek them out or maybe it might inspire someone to go get it. So right. um, the one cool thing about the audio space is I think in podcasting and in the audio space, there's, there's room for all of us. And we have different business models. We have a different mission than Ride IQ does. But our, our mission is about growing the sport and making it better. And if what you ladies are doing is helping people get coaching daily, you know, even if they can't, let's say, if they don't live in an area that has a coach available at that level or, or they just don't have financial means or they just want to ride that, you know, they work, but everyone works different. Some people want to be coached and they need that to stay on task. And what you guys are providing, I think helps our mission as well, which is grow mm-hmm. the sport, strengthen the sport. We want the U S to get back in the middles. Dang it. So, <laughs> so we need good, great riders. I'd imagine on the backside, you're helping these riders. These riders that are coaching are getting more exposure. And hopefully, hopefully people are, are then seeking them out for clinics and, and in-person lessons. So we think that what you guys are doing is just absolutely fantastic. Well, likewise, you guys, it was, we were so excited to meet you guys at Land Rover. And I know, I mean, you've been so kind to us and, and welcoming and helpful and we appreciate it so much. And we've been fans since before Ride IQ, of course. So um, this is very special. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. That was very sweet. nice. Very I don't think sweet. we're anybody at all, but um, I guess when you hang out long enough, you know, people start to, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely nobody special. Uh, hey, uh, I always like uh, to, to know, uh, oh, Karen, I'm sorry if I no, go right ahead. Here. but uh, again, I, I, I I want to go back to helping the audience a little bit too. And as far as entrepreneurial, do you think each of you can share just a little tip that if someone wanted to, you know, they have that idea in their head and they want to do it, what would be a tip for that person that wants to step out and create something? So, uh, Mackenzie, can we start with you? Do you think you can share just a little tip for someone that wants to be an entrepreneur? Even if it's they want to be an entrepreneur and start their own farm or riding program, or if they want to get in the tech space or whatever, what what would be a tip that you would give, especially after going through this process? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that Jess and I learned very, very early on in this process before we had the idea for Ride IQ is the most important thing to do prior to setting out to actually pursuing an idea is to talk to your user and just make sure that you're addressing a real problem that they have and not just assuming a problem that they have. Um, And I think that's something that we've learned from a lot of people along the way, because this, the entrepreneurial community, even outside of equestrian sports is is very interconnected and you end up realizing how many, how many people around you are entrepreneurs and hearing their stories. And I think the most, um, successful or well-received products or ideas are the ones that are directly addressing a need in the market. And I think that's something, um, that I'm just so grateful that someone told us that before, before we pursued something that we, we weren't like, wasn't the right idea. And, um, yeah, I think that that was, that was really important for us. Fantastic. Jessa, what say you? And 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 you have a little different perspective because you tried to you went out on your own. You mentioned that earlier, and you had something that didn't quite work out, but it didn't discourage you. So maybe your perspective is even a little bit different. Uh, what would you add? Yeah, I mean, 
based on that, my perspective is get a co-founder that you really, really, really trust and can have like frank communication with. That's step one. Um, step two is stay curious all the time. I mean, the number of podcasts that I've listened to, articles I've read, books I've read. Kinsey and I did not embark on this knowing how to do this. <laughs> and I, I'm like to in a big way. So learn as you go and just be a sponge for information and find the people who are already experts or already have some insight to give you so that you can, you know, make informed decisions. But a lot of times, a lot of times there's not a right or a wrong decision, but hopefully there's a decision that's taking you somewhat in the direction that you're trying to go. Um, but I think Kinsey, I mean, I love this conversation because I'm learning about Kinsey too. You know, we haven't had an opportunity to really debrief on this stuff, but Kinsey's advice was great. Don't get don't get married to the idea, basically get married to the people that you're trying to serve. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to mm-hmm. just boop, niche it down a little bit. Do you, uh, do you two feel that having each other, the, the, the Carters aside, the two of you, the, 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 the base founders, do you feel like you're stronger because you can lean on each other? Like, do you feel that, maybe at any given time when one of you is a little bit stronger or one of you, does that help boost you both up? Do you feel that that helps? Yeah, I don't think, I mean, we definitely would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the both of us being kind of like sounding boards for one another, but also like, yeah, you kind of just mentioned it, like balancing each other. Like there are going to be days where one of us is like, over the moon stressed and the other person has to be like, it's okay. Like we'll take this step by step or um, I mean, days where you have self doubt and like, that's the most, that's the most natural thing ever. And it's, it means so much when the other person's just like, no, this is going to work. And it's like, Oh, okay. This is going to work. Like someone else believes this is going to work. But I think, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it could happen without um, having like for me, having Jessa there to, to, be a partner in it. Yeah. That's awesome. Can I, I'm going to make a confession Uh-oh. if I may. Uh-oh. I think in all of the time of major league eventing, I've done one interview alone and it was the legendary Bruce Davidson. Oh yeah. In person at his farm. And it was the worst interview I've ever done. I don't even know if I ever even published it. I think I did, but I buried it somewhere. And, you know, the truth is it wasn't the fact that, I mean, I even, I forgot to turn on the mic. I, I did a video as well as the audio and I was going to sync, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, you know, a lot of times when you do video, you, you, you have a mic and then you sync the video to the audio right. step, separate recorder. Well, I, I forgot to hit record and, uh, it was terrible. It was a terrible interview. I did a terrible job. I was so nervous. And really, I don't think it was so much that it was Bruce. I think it was because I didn't have my wing woman with me, my right hand lady. Yeah. It's true. The love of my life. <laughs> and, but Karen gives me strength. Like, and I know that maybe it sounds kind of crazy, but having Karen with me, I make sure he presses the record button. Yeah. That's yeah. her job. <laughs> that's no. my job. <laughs> but no, but there is something to be said about having that person with you that you trust that somehow gives you the strength to be able to be comfortable enough to do what you're doing. And when you have a bad day, 
you know, they, they help keep things going and vice versa. So I think that's, I think that's really cool. So that's my little confession for the day is that thank you, Karen, for keeping me straight. So if I'm not with you, I would be nervous. I'd be scatterbrained. I wouldn't know what to do. (laughs) Just saying. Thank God for Karen. Everyone, yeah. I think that the perception <laughs> oh, no. is I'm the big talker and and all that good stuff. Yes, but the truth are. is, uh, <laughs> 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 see what I put up with, guys. Anyway, I'm trying to be nice, and then she beats up on me. So no, now everyone knows no. the truth. Everyone knows the truth. I'm the sweetheart, and Karen beats up on me. So awesome. Did you want to play your game? You guys want to play a little game? Always. All right. So we're yes. going to play quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. And quick fire questions is brought to you by Turtleneck. Get your premium horse clothing by going to turtleneck.biz. Bam. So how should we do this? We got two of them. I think, I think you ask, I think you ask each of them the same question. Okay. And, and, all right. And then, uh, all right. you know, and there's. We'll have, Jess will go first on all of them. So we'll oh, just okay. get both okay. answered, but Jess will go first. Taking charge. All Thanks, right. There we go. All right. Okay. So starting with Jessica, who was your favorite writer growing up? David O'Connor. He was kind of at, he was at the top of the sport when we were, when we were growing up. And I remember seeing him at Rolex and I was also inspired by the natural horsemanship things that he was doing. Um, And he was on, he was on the second episode of Sinead's podcast, I think. So we got to speak with him and I still felt the nerves and the butterflies, just having the opportunity to speak to someone that I idolized. So David. Good answer. Mine would be Karen. I think Karen O'Connor. Cause I, I mean, when she was riding around on Teddy, I was just, <laughs> um, I thought you meant me. <laughs> no, no, I know. <laughs> oh. But yeah, Karen O'Connor on Teddy. That was just that's a real highlight of of growing up. Very yeah, cool. Very good answer. I think a highlight of mine is David O'Connor driving the tractor at um a great meadow when we were, I was helping do some show jumping set up for those guys. And David's David's driving the tractor and I mean, he's so down to earth. He's driving the tractor and I'm on the back with Max Corcoran and we're goofing off. We're like a bunch of kids. And uh, so I'm more intimidated by Karen and David. I gotta be honest. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Karen, not, not that. I mean, I just, I've seen the, I've seen David drive the tractor and just be a kind of regular old guy. And Karen still walks on water a little bit for me. So. <laughs> All right. So next question. Is there, besides eventing, is there another discipline in riding that you would want to try? Definitely polo. I think polo seems so fun. I love that it's a team sport on horses um, because Kinsey and I got into horses like so full throttle. We didn't get into team sports full throttle. So um, it has the adrenaline. It has um, the team sport aspect. So that I I want to make it happen. <laughs> Very cool. Well, if you ever come our way, they, they have, if you ever come our way, they have polo. Yeah, lessons you get polo lessons. Brandon went polo, yeah. so you just got to come come over our way and then hang out and do some polo lessons. We got polo. Very make cool. some dreams come true. <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, mine would be fox hunting, which is a little bit of a cop out because I've tried fox hunting before, and I I keep telling Justin this, but it's just like it was such a highlight of my childhood. <laughs> it was so much fun. I did it once. I just remember being like, "Why don't we do this every weekend? This is just an absolute blast." Very good, good answers. Yeah, very Excellent good answer. answer. Yeah. All right. So, what is one favorite thing you love about the sport of eventing? One thing that I love about the sport of eventing, I would say the heart of both the rider and the horse, like being at Land Rover was such a reminder of it. It is almost, I mean, at that level, it's emotional for me to watch. (laughs) And I think a lot of people experience that I'm already an emotional person, but I was being there on cross country and watching the heart of athletes, both human and equine is pretty hard to match in any other sport. Very cool. Yeah. Good Good answer. answer. Mackenzie. I would, I would say how tight knit the community is. It's, there's a lot of people in eventing, but I feel like it's like a small, a small group of people that are all just so supportive of each other. And yeah, it's, that has been become even more like prevalent to me or even, I become even more noticeable to me um as an adult more so than I was when I was a kid so I was just so so like an awestruck by everyone that I didn't quite feel like I was friends with everyone but um now that I like I feel I just feel like everyone the top professionals are so down to earth and they um just want to help grow the sport and I feel like that is is really special very cool yeah very awesome. cool yeah it's a good answer All right. So this one's a little trickier. What is one thing about yourself that most people don't know? Oh, that is tricky. Can I answer for Kinsey? Yeah, answer (laughs) Kinsey. Yeah, there we go. Answer Kinsey. That'll be fun. Kinsey's fun fact that I, I mean, Kinsey is a licensed pilot, which was her kind of activity prior to I mean, she was working a ton, as you can imagine, when she describes her career in finance in New York City, but she was still taking the train. I think the train ride was like two hours on Saturday morning. She would wake up at like the crack of dawn, take the train two hours, take flight school for multiple hours, and then take the train two hours back and do that both days on the weekend. And she got certified. So she, and she would send me videos from her flying a plane alone and I like around the cockpit and I was just like I am so thoroughly uncomfortable with this <laughs> but I am very proud of her so that's Kinsey's fun fact oh, all right all right Kinsey what's a fun fact about Jessa it's a great question um <laughs> there are a lot and I'm I will think of one um I don't know I will want I mean this is everything is Justin just did a really good job but I guess I have like aggressively curly hair and everyone is surprised by Jessa has this stick straight hair and I will out her that she actually has curly hair too she just doesn't show it to the world (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah this is this goes to show why we need Kinsey on the team because hers is like (laughs) she you know very talented but um I do have curly hair. I admit it. <laughs> humidity is not your friend. It it actually Kinsey has Kinsey has more 
like reactive to environments hair, I guess. It's so funny that we're talking about this. <laughs> but yeah, our whole family has very, very naturally curly hair. Yeah. Karen's hair gets a little yeah, out of control. Yeah, it does. Humidity, it does. So you'll yeah. see lots of hats on Karen on humid days. Yeah. If it's a humid day, she's wearing a hat. Yes. Thank goodness for hats. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So last question. If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? Oh, this is, so, I I have to figure out which, it would definitely be, I mean, given my current like state of mind, which is just, I want to just love on all the horses. It's, it wouldn't be like a really competitive answer. Um, Kinsey might think that this is odd, but I would go back to a horse that she had named Ty. He was a quarter horse paint and just a saint, like the sweetest horse so fun to be around I would want to ride him and just be around him and um tell him how great he is over and over (laughs) and Ty is still around this isn't like a like in memoriam of Ty but he's just not with us very cool Mackenzie um yeah and mine I mean like kind of sappy as well but my the horse that I had through high school um, and did my first prelim on was her name was Val and she, I would give anything just to like see Val again. And I know I, I try to track her down, (laughs) haven't been successful yet, but I will find her. Um, And yeah, I would love to just, I mean, just hack her out or just give her a kiss. (laughs) It's kind of a lame answer, but um, I should have said something like Teddy O'Connor, which I would love to ride him. But honestly, if I'm going to be honest, I would rather ride Val. I think this honesty is what it's all about. Yep. I think it's a great answer. Yeah. Karen. Fair, yeah. A plus plus. Great job, <laughs> ladies. Good job. Well done. You know, we've done that. We've had like a pony and we've, we've caught up with him at Pony Club Championships. He got yeah. sold and when you know, it yeah. was a Pony Club pony. Yeah. And actually my pony that I got when I was seven or eight years old, um, we found out that like. She lived not far from us, and both of our sons got a pony ride on her. And then years later, we're at a pony club meeting, and the lady who bought her was in the meeting, and her one student actually learned how to trot on her. So That is incredible. Yeah. That must have been so cool having your sons ride her. Yeah. yeah we yeah. have a picture of them. So Joe, our youngest, he, he was like a year old. I mean, maybe a year. Yeah. And then Robbie is eight years older than him. So he was probably eight or nine. And no, um, Robbie's five years old. Or five years old. Five years, me, yeah. I'm sorry. And then, so yeah, so they're riding together. And then the lady, she, she taught the pony to stand on like a, an upside down bucket. So <laughs> yeah. the pose is the bucket's upside down. Penny the pony is front feet are on the bucket and then the boys are on her back. So I think that's how it went. No, no, no. But she did the trick. For but us. she did the trick. But, but we had picture. that picture. We saw that picture. Yeah. So we started our kids young on the same pony that you started on, yeah. which is really, really yeah. cool. So, and it, you left out a little detail. We, you saw the pony, you knew who she was. Yeah. And then we moved, like, you know, we moved around the country. And then when we moved back and settled in Maryland, that's when we found this yeah, thing again. Like, it really... was just like a crazy how we found her and turned out short. You like drove down the road and you're like, I think this is the road she's on. Yeah. And then I think you pulled in the driveway and said yeah. hello. <laughs> I mean, so it was kind of crazy. Yeah. It was like crazy. Karen just pulled in the driveway and there's her pony. Yeah. And the lady, and we're like, hey, remember us? Or, or you were like, remember me? And then she pulled the pony out and then the boys sat around. It was it was a, an amazing, yeah, it was amazing really cool. day. Yeah. So. 
Um, so yeah, so sorry to add our add our answer to that question, but. <laughs> No, that's incredible. Sometimes it's about us guys. Sometimes it's about us. (laughs) No, that's an incredible story. And I can see Kinsey's wheels turning about how, how she makes that happen with Val. Um, It will. I think it will happen. Um, Let's find Val. We got to find Val. APB for Val. All right. So let's all hear what's, what's Val's last known uh, location? I was going to say last name. (laughs) Val has a last name, a social security number. Any descriptive? Yeah. Where's Val been? How, where was the last Val for last seen? And how do we find Val? So the hard part about Val is when when we sold her, we she was sold to Canada. So that's where I like it. A little bit of a, a lost. Um, I lost touch, but I'll find her. Okay, we're looking for <laughs> a Canadian right. Val. <laughs> Canadian. Yeah. Well, what is Val? What type of horse? She was a Dutch warm blood. Ooh. She's about sixteen one. Beautiful bay. Okay. I think she was 2002, so she's getting old. But Does she have a marking or no? Yeah, she had a she had a star, I think. Yeah, like a small, I, a small yeah. star, very small. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm glad we're getting into this. I know you guys are campaigning to get Sharon White's sign to her, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you're helping a lot of people, so now yeah. we have the Let's Find yeah. Val campaign as well, which would be yeah. very special. We take up the very the most important causes here at the Major Right. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> do it. <laughs> so awesome. Well, listen. Uh, thank you so much. How do people um, subscribe? Learn more about Ride IQ. Yeah, thanks for asking. So the easiest way is download the Ride IQ app. Just search Ride IQ. You can do it from the iPhone app store, from the Google Play store with an Android. And sign up is super quick and uh, you automatically get two weeks free. So two weeks to try out the lessons, listen to the podcast, see if you like it. And if you don't, it's no problem. It's very easy to cancel like you normally would with a subscription on your phone. Um, But if you haven't tried it, at least take advantage of those two weeks because um, there's a lot to look at. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I'm, I'm assuming there's a contact. Some people could, if they ever had, if they, if they listen to this and they wanted to contact you guys, either for ride IQ, they want to somehow get involved or, or questions for you guys. Is there a contact, a way to contact you guys on there? Definitely. If, if they prefer email team at ride dash IQ.com is an email that you'll reach both Kinsey and I, otherwise we're at ride IQ official on social channels. So send us a direct message. We're kind of everywhere. So wherever you want to reach out, you'll find us there. Fantastic. Well, this was great. I'm it so is. glad you guys, you know, we, we, we made this connection and uh, you guys host a heck of a tailgate party. Yes, so do. we're so thankful and um, that, that you guys invite us to come on by and, and I think we're invited to come by or maybe we crashed it. I don't know. We're known to crash things yeah, too. I don't know if we're don't invited know. or we just crashed. We might've crashed your tailgate. We might have. You were on the list for sure. We were, uh, oh, we were on the list. There we though. go. <laughs> so awesome. Well, ladies, thank you so yes, much for joining us. And uh, we just can't wait to see what Ride IQ does next. Thank you guys. This, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you guys for everything. So fun to chat with you. And, um, just want to reiterate how much we appreciate your guys' support. It really means a lot. And uh, we're excited to keep keep working with you guys. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. To learn more about Major League Eventing, go to MajorLeagueEventing.com and join our mailing list to get all the Major League Eventing updates. Cheers! <laughs>